and by the way, David, you did a damn good job on that on that episode. I thought you did really good leading into doing the intro and everything, and the outro was is, was good too. So yeah. we might have to pick out a couple more episodes for you to for you to take lead on, and I think that would be a good thing to change up every once in a while. Sure, yeah, it makes it different. That's fine. Sweet. This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only, and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research, any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest. And she's not just any old guest. She is part of my team. She's one hell of an investigator. And she was actually on the last episode. So if you haven't checked out episode 10, we definitely recommend you check out that episode. We hit hard on a couple of topics, some of our personal experiences. And we also got input from our wonderful guest as well. But we have Rebecca on the show today like i said she's been one of my investigators on my team for years i essentially call her my right hand woman she's been with my team the longest out of everybody versus david david's been the second longest on the team everybody else has been newer and so having both becky and david on this particular episode is a huge plus but let's go into some of the uh, updates. Now, I don't necessarily have any updates for you. Just make sure you check out our merch store. Every time you guys purchase merch from us, it all helps out my group. It helps out the podcast so that way we can bring you better content. And so that way I can also take my group out on adventures that cost us money. So we definitely recommend that you check out the uh, merch store, which is in the link in the description below. And also, we're going to be at the... 2022 para x here in logan utah on october 14th and 15th i will be a guest speaker there the links will be in the description of this podcast as well for that so definitely check that out now david anything new with you um you know what i've had a lot recently what a lot of bigfoot dreams Ooh. does this mean that we need to go bigfoot hunting i think this is the year to start doing something like that I would definitely agree. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you got three votes right here, so we can definitely make that happen. But do tell about these dreams. Yeah, I've never had a Bigfoot dream before, which was weird. But it was definitely something that, like, I've been in the forest a lot lately in my dreams. Um, and then the latest one was uh, us literally, like, filming one and then like reviewing it and all that so it was very interesting to see it and it was like the color of it was like more of a walnut color for sure hmm. um with a lot of hair and it's pretty close by and yeah we were we were trudging through the forest did the uh did the bigfoot kind of look like chewbacca off of star wars in your dream um the hair seemed finer like a finer smoother than a rough course hair okay. for some reason hmm. um but its head definitely was like the hair was like sticking up like rounded around the hair wow. kind of almost like a chimpanzee style uh face to it okay okay which was interesting but i've never had a bigfoot dream before and i just know we've been talking about potentially doing it one of these times and i feel like this might be the year to, to do it yeah, well, I know a spot, and it's right up Logan Canyon, so we can definitely go check that out. That wouldn't be a problem. But yeah, that, that, that's me for dreams. My dreams have been uh, pretty random. Mm -hmm. I dreamt every night. Oh, <laughs> the debacle with uh, where I was staying at up in uh, Bear Lake. Yeah. My room with the bed had this from basically floor to ceiling mirror staring right at the bed. Yeah, that's right. You sent me a snap, and you're like, I gotta remove this like now, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, I was like, this do. has got, this has got to change. But then it, the mirror was permanently attached to the wall. Oh. I was like, shit, I can't tear it down. So I just got some blankets and covered the mirror up. I'm like, this thing's not looking at me while I sleep. Fuck that. That's hilarious. So you did the same thing like I did over there in in uh, Tonopah with that lady in the in the in the frame. I just put my shirt over that because that was freaking me out. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do the mirror because it was right at the bed where I was sleeping. I was like, no, I, mm. I would have been fine with the mirror, but the fact that it was pointing towards where I was sleeping, I was like, nope, not gonna happen. And I dreamt every night there, which was interesting, but mm. they were just random dreams. Oh, and that I normally, is weird, because you normally don't dream when you're in a place that you're not familiar with, so I find it weird that you dreamt every night. Every night, yeah, I had a dream. It was weird. I also was oh. going to bed early, for sure, because it's just one of those things when you work out of town, there's nothing to do, so you got to kind of go to bed early just to wake up to go back to work, you know? Right. I, just, but, uh, I mean, there's nothing really to do in Garland, not Garland, in, uh, in uh, Garden, Garden City, because yep. it's not summertime, so nothing's open. No, and the weather was pretty bad. The lady, we went to lunch at this Mike's Market, and she's like, I'm blaming you. And I'm like, for what? And she's like, the weather was fine until you guys showed up. And I was like, damn, sorry. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, at least they, they have a damn good coffee shop over there. It's Beans and Brew. Beans and Brew, yeah. You yeah. know what else I noticed? What? Garden City has a shit ton of redheaded people that live there. No shit. I didn't notice this, but like... Everyone I was seeing, I was like, damn, redhead, 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 well, redhead. I was like, and that's funny because I've seen plenty of redheads. Every time I went over to Bear Lake, there, you can just walk through Garden City during the busy time and you can spot a redhead. Like, yeah, that's like, that's where they, them. that's where they moved to. <laughs> that's oh. where they're being, that's where they're living these days, I guess. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't blame them because most redheads can't stand the sun or the heat. So it's perfect over there in Bear Lake. I guess, but I, I just found it <laughs> interesting. I was like, man. Nice. There's a lot of redheads here. Nice. Now, 
our wonderful guest, Becky. Now, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. You still struggling with them with those uh, allergies? Oh yeah, my eyes still feel <laughs> still feel like they've got sandpaper in them. But other than that, I'm okay. Oofta. Well, I'm, hopefully you get over this real quickly because that sucks. Allergies are the worst. That's right. How are you doing, David, with your allergies? Well, I just blew my nose, so yeah, that's going on. Yeah. Well, I took a shot for my throat. It's yeah. a little early to be drinking, but you know, I did it. Well, you know, I'm already I'm already on my second beer for the day. That's what Sundays are for: rest and relaxation. R and R, you know. <laughs> yeah, I took a shot of Southern Comfort. Ooh, the good just stuff. To help my throat get cleared out. Right. Someone needs to, uh, if you ever get like super congested or was, or, or is it when you're sick? Is it the hot toddies? Is it that when you're sick or when you're congested? Yeah. Congestion. My dad used to like a hot toddy when he was congested. Yeah. Back then we, we used to use alcohol to, to cure rem, to cure things like these. Well, that's what my great grandpa does. Basically, if you had like a, a sore throat from like a cold or whatever, He's like, take a shot of whiskey, it'll it'll help. Yep. That was that's his remedy. I'm surprised we don't go back to that, but in this day and age I don't think anybody would really appreciate that anyway. Well they're trying to get seltzers out of grocery stores these days, so Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. Just in the state of step. Utah. Utah's yeah, kind well, of yeah. back ac- back ass words with that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it's weird because at first it was get rid of the hard liquor, right? Mm-hmm. And then you just had the beer, but then they had the hard seltzers, which is also a beer yeah. that was fine. But the hard seltzers were turning to flavored and commercial ties towards children. So now they're trying to take hard seltzers out of grocery stores. Yeah. If they had their way, they'd get beer out of grocery stores too. But Which is so weird because if you look in the history of Utah, there used to be a bar in every single corner. In fact, Becky's house used to be a bar back in the day. And yep, this was all Mormon settlements. So, I mean, they used to drink heavily back in the day. And then all of a sudden, it was like, nope, no more drinking. And then they just all dried up. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. But before we get started on our topic, I want to dive a little uh, bit into Becky's history. Now, Becky, she is a wonderful paranormal investigator. She's been on my team for, I would say, what? seven years six years something like that becky yeah somewhere between seven and eight yep yeah something like that and i mean you've had some experiences even before you even got on got added onto my team i mean you've went and you met with uh zach bag well not technically zach baggins but you did meet aaron goodwin at the lava hot springs and uh you've also had paranormal occurrences happening at your mother's house which we will be talking about that later in the episode and in the current house that you're in now mm-hmm. you want to kind of dive into a little bit of your past and talk about your current house and we'll go from there okay um so i can't really re- even remember a time that i haven't been drawn to the paranormal um even as a little kid i was you know i was that weird little kid that always i wanted to watch the horror movies and Loved Halloween. It was my favorite holiday. Um, there was always a few things in the house I grew up in. It was always like you'd randomly set something down and it would be gone and then you'd find it somewhere else when nobody else had been awake to move it. Um, my first um, visual 
paranormal experience. I was about eight years old and out playing in the backyard at my house and I saw a lady standing on the steps of our patio. And I called to my friend to turn and look and she she looked as soon as we turned, she was gone. So we ran in the house and I was able to pick her out of a photo album as being my great grandmother, whom was long passed away before I was ever born. Um, my grandmother actually lived in our house with us from the time I was three years old and it would have been her mother that I saw on the steps and she was my grandmother was in the hospital at the time so I've, I've always had a few things like that that's gone on I've always been interested in the paranormal and the unexplained um, I went on a ghost hunt uh, investigation for um, that was a fan night before I ever joined Shane's team and I absolutely loved it. I knew that that was something that I wanted to do all the time. Um, and the house that I live in now, um, it was built in the late 30s, early 40s, and it's still to date after, out of all of the investigations that I've gone on, um, being part of Shane's team, um, I, it's still the most haunted place that I've ever been. Um, it was a saloon um, way back in the day, and then it was converted into a mechanic's garage, and then in the 70s it was converted into a house. And it's got all sorts of stuff that goes on in it. Um, we've had doors slamming shut, swinging open. Um, we've had broom handles go flying across the room. Um, we've had the doorknobs going back and forth. We've seen shadow figures walking and standing behind my husband in the hallway. Um, heard disembodied voices. Um, you name it, it's happened at my house. Um, so yeah, just kind of, I, I follow the paranormal and it follows me, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's been quite a few times where you would message me and it would be in the morning, midday, at night, and you'd be like, you wouldn't believe what just happened. You know, you've had... Uh, let's see, there was a broom that was thrown at your son. Uh, yep. What did you say? Door was slammed downstairs as well, if I remember correctly. Yeah. You've heard disembodied voices. That moment when uh, that black mass was behind Kurt, you did say that uh, he did look scared by his eyes and everything. He was kind of freaked out. And... <laughs> yeah, he did. He felt it. And he, uh, I asked my son, who was sitting on the couch, I said, Riker, did you just see that? can you see that and my husband was standing totally still and he would not turn around he just says there's something behind me isn't there <laughs> he could feel it behind him mm -hmm. yep and what was the most recent thing that happened at the house because it was like pretty active for like a solid week oh the most recent would have been a yeah, it would have been a few weeks ago um i came home from or no i my kids had came home and my son, his TV was across the room and upside down on the floor. Um, his door was shut so the cat couldn't get in there. The dog was in her kennel. No one had been home all day. They'd been at school. Um, and then the very next day, I came home and had my... I walked in the bathroom and my makeup case, who is, which is in the bathroom closet with the door shut... Hmm. My makeup case was laying upside down in the middle of the bathroom floor. And again, we'd all been gone to work and school all day. So no one was home. Um, 
So I was, you know, I went in, I was cussing and I was, you know, putting stuff away. And I have a frying pan fly across off of my counter and fly across the room and bounced off the wall in my kitchen. Again, I'm the only one home. So I come out and pick it up, put it away. I go in and sit in the living room and I have some bags on the floor in front of me. And I see the handles of the bag start lifting up all by themselves. It's just starting to lift up. And that was the point where I'm like, okay, I know you're here. You've got my attention, Mm -hmm. but you know, you've got to stop, you know, breaking things and making a nuisance of yourselves because I can make you leave. I know how to make you leave and I will. Mm -hmm. And it's been quiet since. Oh, that's good. You know what that reminds me of? Remember uh, back when we were at Earthly Awakenings and Laura's bag got moved and that was right next to you? Mm-hmm. That reminded me so much of that. Right. Wow. Jesus, that was forever ago. Yeah. That was, that was a long time. Ago. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you, you, just, you, you just have an exciting life, Becky. I mean, you live in a haunted location, you investigate the paranormal, and then you also work with kids as well. So, I mean, you have a time of your life, don't you? I do. Mm. <laughs> well, that leads me to a question, because a lot of people are potentially in your same situation but you you just lived with it for a long time what's what's your like secret or what 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 do you do to to, to cope with it or what did you get in your mind that you just realized that I can live with this and be fine with it well i think i think it kind of depends on you know what type of spirits at your house like i feel like the ones in my house aren't they're not there to hurt anybody they want attention there might be times where like if the stress level's high or the energy level in our house has changed or there's something, a lot of things going on, um, the energy will pick up, the activity will pick up. And I just feel like um, where we don't feel threatened by it, I mean, it'll make us jump or it'll make my kids jump and they'll, you know, tear out of the room. Um, so it, it can make you feel uncomfortable, but we don't feel threatened by it. And so I feel like for for our situation, I feel like we are used to it being there and we know that it's, you know, it's never tried to hurt us. We just basically tell it, you know, okay, look, you know, you got to stop. If you want to be here, you're welcome to be here, but you're going to behave or, you know what I mean? Once you decide that you can take control of that and say, okay, this is my space. And if you want to co-inhabit it, then you have to realize that this is my house. You are not alive. You know, I think a lot of people don't feel in control of that and they yeah. lose their power by right. not taking control. They're basically like roommates, basically, and it's your house and you're basically setting ground rules to like, yeah, you can be in my house because it is my house, but you got to obey what I say. And, exactly. if, you know, any any humans, you know, that are you know alive can do things that make, you know, irritate you a bit that you have to put them back in their place. Yep. Right. Now, if things were, you know, if it was different and we were feeling threatened or we were feeling like it was a negative spirit there, then different steps, you know, would de- would obviously be taken. Hmm. So it kind of depends on the circumstances around the haunting or yeah, the entities. Cause, yeah, because I've been at least a couple times a year. I'm like, so when are we going to investigate your house? You know, and it's always <laughs> the same answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally game for it because I know who we are and I know what we do. I know that we don't stir things up and make things worse. I know we're there to document and to 
to capture it and to have validate it and to take care of the issue if there's an issue. Um, but not everybody understands that. I mean, I think that a lot of the the media attention that the paranormal field has been getting lately, I think that kind of sways people away to thinking that that's how everything is done and that's they don't take into consideration that it's, a lot of it's dramatized for TV and that not everybody handles things that way. Yeah. Agreed. I definitely agree with that. All right. So, for the topic at hand. So, we actually have a link here. David uh, did a little research on this. But it's basically, meet 11 ghosts from Utah and read their bone-chilling stories. Now, uh, David and I are going to rotate and we're going to talk about each particular topic. So, I'll start off on the first one. Now, we've all been there at least We've been to this particular location at least once, but it's the Civil War soldier at Fort Douglas. People see a soldier with dark hair and a beard wearing a Civil War uniform wandering the grounds around Fort Douglas. Visitors are also uh, reported feeling a warm breath on the backs of their neck. Now, Fort Douglas was one of those locations that we investigated, I would say, like, what, once, David? And that was for the expedition, yep. or not expedition, the uh, expo. Yep. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, Fort Douglas is definitely uh, an interesting place. I mean, it's funny, the picture that they're showing, though, um, I don't recognize the picture. It's one of the buildings there on campus. So, technically speaking, Fort Douglas is right there on the campus with uh, University of Utah. So it's right up there in the thick of it. Um, that's but one of we've, the buildings we've only that done we passed the museum. by, but we never did that one. Yeah, we've only done the museum. I think there's like mm -hmm. a few other buildings up there that because there's like a munitions building and then there was like a barracks building and yep. a general's quarters and all that. There's tons of other little buildings up there, but I think in the paranormal community you can only do the museum part of it. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a couple of buildings there that you can investigate. It's a beautiful location, and it's very historic, but uh, I don't really recall having, really having that much activity there, to be honest with you. Yeah, there's, I mean, it's a museum. There's a lot of history, so there's a lot of potential uh, just residual energy off of items. Mm -hmm. Like, there's World War II items. There's, like, the 9-11 chunk building that's out there. So, I mean, there's a lot of probably energy out there for sure. And I definitely have come in contact with uh, a few spirits out there for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, because I've been there besides the Expedition Day Expo uh, for the Utah Paranormal Expo a few years ago. Uh, I was also there for one of the, uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of James Chunga or Jimmy Chunga. Um, he used to be uh, pretty big in uh, Utah radio, and now he has his own. Uh, podcast, which is the Radio Ronin. Uh, they were doing a fan night at um, at Fort Douglas, and I was asked by our good friend Tim to accompany him to this location because I've never been there, and he invited me over. And so uh, I got to experience some of the activity there, but it's definitely, I mean, it you it. It, I guess it was one of those nights that probably wasn't as active as a lot of other people have experienced there, but it was still fun nonetheless. And even when we did the investigation for the expo and we were walking around Chip Coffee and uh, a few other people that were part of that particular uh, expo, 
it was pretty fun there nonetheless i know becky had a lot of fun with it i know you did david you got to meet chip coffee and andrew perrin and and all those guys same with you becky so i mean it was a fun it was a fun time there yeah i had a great time honestly i've i've i went there before too i've been there like three different times i think one of the times it was just me and sally that went uh one time okay and then i remember going with uh someone else i think it was spirits rs danielle's team that we mm. went up there with too okay um so i i mean i've done it a, a few times okay. and i remember being there with paul another time mm. um it, it's a good place for sure uh, i haven't been there in over what when was the expo three years ago yeah like three years ago i think three or four years ago yeah it's been Less. been a minute yeah um, but I, I think it's a cool place for sure. I mean, museums are cool in general, so yeah, doing them at night's even cooler. I mean, there's a few of them around here. There, besides uh, Fort Douglas, there, there's also uh, Camp Floyd. There's also uh, Petite Neat. Also had a couple of exhibits there with uh, World War II and other Civil War stuff memorabilia. Um, there's quite a few museums around Utah that displays this kind of stuff. And usually when they house that kind of stuff, that it usually comes with the, what the, uh, activity as well. We can talk about Camp Floyd. I mean, I've only done it the once, but I mean, we can talk about it one time. Yeah, we could definitely talk about it on another episode. That wouldn't be a problem. Cause I know Becky recently just went there with another team. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. It was, it was fun. No. It was a neat nice. place. Do you like the, do you like the schoolhouse out there? I did. It was awesome. I mean, really, it wasn't, there wasn't a whole ton of activity that we got in this, that we personally got in the schoolhouse, but I loved it. I loved stepping back in history and places that make you feel like you're back in that time period. Man, I, w- I wish I would have loaned you my music boxes because the kids in that schoolhouse really love the music boxes. True. Oh, I bet. True. They yeah, we, we had, the whole time. Mm-hmm. we had some good activity in like the inn area. We were getting some good activity in there and in by the old organ that they have in there. So we did get good activity, but it was a neat place. Even if you're not out looking for paranormal stuff, it's a really cool place to visit. Yeah. Yeah. And really, it's just a stone throws away from Merker, too, because all you have to do is just keep on that same highway and just go around the mountain. And then, bam, you're right there at Merker. So it's yeah. really not that far from Camp Floyd. True. Yeah, we, we can talk about that place for sure. There's a lot. There's a lot to it because there's like three different buildings and mm-hmm. a lot of history there. Yep. All right, number two, David. Um, the painter at Trolley Square. Now, visitors report seeing a man near the north doors who appears to be a painter or like a workman. And the story is that he died while on the job at Trolley Square in the 1920s, and he haunts it to this day. And I've heard Trolley Square is haunted. I have not investigated there, but I've heard stories. Yeah, I be a cool place to check out for sure. Yeah. And have you ever heard of anything about this place, Becky? I I have not. I haven't heard anything about it. All right. Um, well, number three, I know David and I believe Becky. You also brought it up to my attention as well. The Charlie haunts the Masonic Temple. A ghost named Charlie wanders around the Masonic temple in salt lake city according to some i've also have heard of other things happening inside of that building as well i think that's why both of you brought it to my attention at one point in time 
Yeah, well, there's a few Masonic temples around that it would be awesome to go into at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's virtually impossible. Yeah. Like, probably even harder than going into an actual LDS temple. Just because of how secret they are with their group members and all that. Yeah. But in case no anyone wanted to know, Charlie Square's in Salt Lake. Yes. That's where that's where that's at. In case no one no one knew that. Mm. And what were you gonna say, Becky? Oh, I was just gonna say, Thurm, when we went to the uh, investigation at Greycliff Lodge, um, the one there was a an employee that worked there that was telling us about the Masonic Temple in mm. Salt Lake and mm. was talking about getting us in there. So I'm not sure. I'm thinking that might be where we were discussing it. Yeah, yeah, that that definitely brings back memories on that. Yeah, I do do remember that. Yeah, well, because there's one in Clearfield next to a job I was working at that I've always wanted to try to get into. Oh, okay. It's All just right, one of those really tough things. Yeah. All right, number four, David. All right, number four. It uh, is a grave robber on the shores of the Great Salt Lake. Um, now, I'm probably going to say this name wrong because I'm not good at it, but it's like, is it, would you say John? Because it's J-E-A-N? Gene. Gene? Either way. Gene Baptist was a grave digger in Salt Lake City in the late 19th century. He was accused of robbing over 300 graves, mostly taking the clothing of the deceased, for whatever reason. Family members were furious, and local police moved Baptist to Fremont Island. Didn't know that was a thing. Mm -hmm. Where he could be kept safely until his trial. Baptist mysteriously disappeared from the island. Some say he wanders the shore of the Great Salt Lake carrying a bundle of clothing. Interesting. And uh, now I've heard of other stories that there have been people outcasted to Fremont Island, but I've never heard of this particular story before. I didn't even know Fremont Island was a thing. Yeah. Back when the Great Salt Lake had a lot more water in it, Fremont Island was definitely a remote island that no one really wanted to go to. You know what I mean? How far was it from actual like land, though? Mm, I would have to actually look at the map, to be honest with you. Because who's to say he didn't just try to swim it? <laughs> That's what I was saying. It would have to be quite a ways in order for him not to have the threat of just swimming. Right. So, Fremont Island, if you look where Hooper is by South Ogden, is yeah. directly west of Hooper. So, there's quite a bit of water between the shoreline where um, Hooper is to where Fremont Island is. Interesting. Yeah. So, it literally sits between Antelope Island and Promontory Point. Huh. Interesting. That's crazy. I mean, 300 graves, that's a lot. Especially just for clothing, that'd be a weird a weird thing just to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Weird fetish? I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. who's to say there's not some necrophilia going on in there? Right. Right. But 300 graves, that's a lot. That's a serial grave digger. That's almost as bad as, I think, uh, what is it, in, in Edinburgh? The where grave digging was, like, big? Yeah. Back I in the... Back in Victoria the old uh, Victorian days. Yeah. yeah. 300's a lot, especially for Utah. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That is a lot. That's pretty much going to a single gravesite, just digging every plot up. Literally every day for like a year, almost a year. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how long it finally took them to catch him, you know? Because to do 300, someone had to have noticed early 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it probably didn't take long. I, I don't know if I would have to look up that story because I wonder if he hit just one single cemetery or if he hit multiple cemeteries. Right. Hmm. Hmm. That one's an interesting one. I like that definitely. One. All right. So number five, the lady in purple at the Rio Grande. The Rio Grande is a train station in Salt Lake City. It is reportedly haunted by a woman wearing a purple dress. The story is that she is accompanied by her fiancé, a soldier going off to war. Uh, the two got into a terrible argument and she called off the engagement. The angry, the angry soldier threw the ring into the tracks. Distressed and crying, she went to go get her ring back and was hit by an oncoming train. People see her in the restroom... Uh, or wandering through the station itself. Now, I've heard the Rio Grande is actually quite haunted. Uh, quite a few uh, people have have experienced things there. I personally have never been there, but I would love to check that place out. As far as I am aware, it is still an active train station, right, David? Um, I think so. I don't. I would say it's almost potentially a Union Station situation. Yeah essentially where like they have trains there and potentially use the tracks nearby but i don't think a train actually stops in rio grande because they have the front runner that pretty much is what is the new transportation for train system yep but they might have a few cargo and stuff like that come through the rio grande but i don't think something actually stops there okay in my opinion i, I could be wrong i don't know i've never been in there yeah if that Rio Grande location is anything like the Union Station. It's definitely going to be about as as active, I would say. What'd you say, David? Yeah, well, that's going to be a little bit older than the Union Station, obviously. Yeah, because I think the Rio Grande was the first train station, wasn't it? And then shortly after, Union Station was built in Ogden. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of more, I think, uh, homeless people, too, that hang around Rio Grande a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Which they've been trying to clean that up lately, but who knows. I do know mm. that there's been quite a few bodies that have been found around, in or around the Rio Grande that were from homeless people and druggies and all that good jazz. Yeah, so I mean, there's always active stuff happening, even yeah. today, I think. Yeah. That can drum it up. But it's a cool place. I know a couple of our people in the, the community, like Jerry and stuff, have done stuff there. Yeah. It would be a cool place to do. You know, yeah. I definitely love train stations in general, so... Yeah. Becky, have you ever heard of the Rio Grande before? Or have you ever heard any stories? Nope, I haven't. Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right. Um, Number six, David. So this is the Capitol Theater. I'm assuming it's also in Salt Lake? Yes. Uh, I think I've heard about it, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but uh, the Capitol Theater is said to be haunted by a 17-year-old usher named Richard Duffin, who died there in a fire in uh, 1949. Theater staff nicknamed him George, and he apparently loves to play tricks on them. He also has been accused of flushing toilets, moving the elevator, turning house lights on and off, and making equipment malfunction. Ooh, so some good poltergeist activity. Yeah, well... Lights... Interesting. I mean, I know... A lot of people in elevators, I don't think, realize this, but elevators, even if there's no one in them, they have a set functionality to move and open without anyone commanding it to. Yeah. 
Well, and I do remember when we did the initial walkthrough for the Union Station before we did the uh, Night at the Museum, and they talked about how that particular uh, elevator would just randomly just work on its own. I yeah, that. I think that's more common in a lot. I don't know about newer elevators, but like older elevators, I think that was just part of their functionality. Yeah. And then I think toilets flushing, it depends what type of toilet it is. I know the modern day toilets now definitely have a that feature where they can flush by themselves. But if it's an analog toilet that you actually have to press the flusher, that would yeah. be more interesting to know. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool to witness that have a toilet just randomly flush on you, and you're just like, I'm the only one in here. What the hell is this? And you, know? you physically have to press it down in order for it to flush. Exactly. That'd be pretty interesting. Wow. So the Capitol Theater, we'll have to put that on our bucket list, for sure. I'm sure it's an active theater that they've restored and stuff, so it'd be one of those harder things to do. But it would be yeah. cool to try. Yeah, it'd be cool. So, number Good luck seven. Saying this name. Say what? <laughs> Good luck saying this name. Oh, I know, right? Uh, the little girl at the Devereaux Mansion. Uh, visitors at the Devereaux Mansion report seeing a friendly little girl uh, of about five years old waving to them at night. Kitchen staff say that she plays tricks on them during their shift, moves items, and turning lights off on them while they're working. Which, another case of classic poltergeist activity, but this time it's just a little five-year-old girl that's just wanting to play some games. Which, that would be quite interesting to experience. I've never been to the Devereaux. I've heard of the Devereaux Mansion, but I've never been there. Have you guys ever been there? Nope. No, I don't think anyone has. I think, what is it? Is that the one? What's the one where the governor stays at, and that one's, like, supposedly haunted? The Salt Lake City governor. Oh. Um. I don't know. I think I've heard a story about that where the hmm. house that like every governor pretty much stays in. Okay. I think, I think it's got to be up near that area. Yeah, it has to be. Because I mean, this house looks pretty old. It's a nice house looking house. Oh yeah, it's a beautiful house. Definitely, definitely 1800s mansion style. Yeah. Um, but I doubt, depending on who owns it privately, I doubt anyone will ever really get the chance to get in there very true what was the mansion that ghost adventures went investigated in utah you remember becky um it was it was in nephi yeah that's right nephi yeah it's uh i could probably figure it out but yeah i know that i have a friend that lives down there that she's been talking to me about it for a while mm -hmm. um wasn't that the yeah. same episode where they did uh, the Eureka episode? Because they did those buildings down there, then they also did that house up there? No. This uh, this was this... the most recent episode that dropped like a week or two ago. Yeah, this oh, was last, last week's. It was the Whitmore Mansion. Whitmore. That's right. <clears throat> mm. Did not know about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm out of the loop on that one. But she, supposedly she, you know, knows she lives down there and kind of has connections down there so she was going to talk to him so maybe oh yeah it's a possibility i would love to check out that place wow. now number eight is right up david's alley <sighs> it is my white well actually mm -hmm. it's uh the egyptian theater a mm. young girl haunts the egyptian theater in ogden 
and visitors report seeing this girl around uh, 12 years old uh, with shoulder length hair who appears but then suddenly vanishes into the air mm. now I didn't know so much about the girl aspect of it or the fact that uh, you know what's reported in there because no one I don't think has actually ever had the chance to investigate it and I try so hard to try to get in there but it is nearly impossible yeah and it is one, like one of the places on my top list that I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I know we've tried numerous times to, to get in there. I've emailed them. We've stopped by. I think David stopped by. And then it's and just emailed a, them. Yeah, it's just a hard no, unfortunately. It would be a cool location to check out. Because it's been a hot minute since, we, since I've personally done a theater. Um, I know we did the, you know, obviously the the gymnasium at Albion, which has a stage and basically theater-esque. And we're looking at a couple... Yeah, and we're looking at a couple up in Idaho to go do some more filming at and everything. But me personally, I have investigated the Utah Theater and and the... um, Not Utah Theater, the Lyric Theater and the Ellen Eccles Theater here in Logan, Utah. And both locations were pretty active. But that was, God, almost 10, 11 years ago, I think. Yeah almost 11 years ago since I stepped foot on both those locations. So it's been a hot minute. Um, not to go off topic, but this just popped in my head. Um, you know what would be a cool place to try to film at for whatever project we do? What's that? Chesterfield again. Ooh, oh, yeah. Yes. My favorite ghost town. In fact, uh, Alex was actually talking to me the other day and asking when we, if we could go out to Chesterfield. And I was like, well, we definitely have a person that we can reach out to there, so we can definitely make that happen. So I was thinking, I don't know how it would work for our uh, rock and roll one, but yeah. just to film out there in general. Because last time we went out there, we kind of just investigated just to see. I think it'd be really cool to actually film out there. That would be awesome. It would be awesome. Sorry, just, I was just oh, thinking no, about it. Oh, no, you're completely fine. It just popped in my head. You're completely fine. All right, and for number nine, we've actually investigated this location. Um, we did get some activity there. I wouldn't say it was directly correlated to what we're going to be talking about for number nine, but we definitely caught some activity there. Now, this is the children on Cry Baby Bridge. The legend goes that a woman drove her car off of Bear River City Bridge... Uh, many years ago, killing herself and her small children. Some say they can hear the children crying or screaming. Now, this location was pretty cool. So it's over there, um, over in Bear River City, which is just south of Tremont and north of of Brigham City. Uh, Legend goes that, obviously, the woman and her small children, you can hear the cries and everything like that. Now, we've gotten some other activity besides the hellaciously big bugs out there, but we did get some other activity out there. Now, uh, I can't quite remember exactly what all we caught, but I don't remember actually catching anything about any type of baby crying or baby screaming or anything like that. No, we definitely got, I think, some children... Um, there was actually even a, it was like a male, a male person, like a mailman that, uh, yeah, that we got stories of, uh, like drove off into the water as well. And then like some carriage type stuff. I know evidence wise, we got like some carriage. I don't know. Oh, did we, weren't we planning on going back to that? Doing Eventually that we 
we have it on the list to revisit eventually. Um, furthermore, because apparently, I guess things have gotten darker out there as of recently. Um, so we definitely need to make a point to check it out again. Yep, that was a cool place. Yeah. In fact, uh, Becky, you were with me. Yeah, we drove, we by, drove there. by there. And the feeling by Crybaby Bridge was definitely. Yeah, it makes the way hair on the back of your neck stand up for sure. Oh, yeah. And in fact, uh, when we drove by it, because we were actually, we took a little detour to go check it out real quick because we heard that it's gotten darker out there. And this was before we met you at uh, the client's house over there in uh, Thatcher, David. Right, right. Um, yeah, when we drove by there, the feeling there was a lot worse than it was when the last time we were there. So we definitely need to go check it out again. Interesting. Yeah, that, like we said, that usually is the case, right? Yeah, and the funny thing was that uh, someone was pulled over right there at that bridge when we drove by it. I was like, that's kind of ironic. you know? Yeah, the car parked there and the cop car right behind him. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. All right, David, number 10. All right. Oh, shit. My phone turned Went off. to sleep. I did go to sleep. Oh, no. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Um, the woman in the wedding gown at Memory Grove. Um, legend has it that a woman was killed right before her wedding. Classic story. Uh, she said to wander through Memory Grove and has been spotted in nearby City Creek Canyon. So... This one, obviously this is the clean version of it. I've also heard of the Wicked Witch up City Creek Canyon, which has ties to Memory Grove. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I also, but I also heard there's a location up, Mem, uh, up City Creek Canyon. It's called the Witch House as well. Right. So I don't know if it's all tied, but I've also heard Memory Grove has a lot of activity. That was actually one of the locations I was actually eyeing. I can't quite remember. Did I actually schedule it for us? I think you had scheduled Memory Grove, I believe. Yeah. Let me see here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, that is... Yeah, so we actually have it. So, in May, if one location doesn't work out, we'll be going to Memory Grove instead. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um... So we will uh, confirm or deny those claims when we go there, if we do go there this year. Right, yeah, because it, it's one of those that it's primarily outside, so it's whether or yep. not the weather holds up. So at any point during, um, if something falls through, that's always a, a backup candidate. Yep, a good backup, yep. Nice. Now, have you guys actually heard of Memory Grove or Memory Grove Park or anything like that? I assumed when I first read it that it was a cemetery, so no, I have not heard much about it. I haven't either. Okay. All right, and then David, you get to finish off with number 11. No, actually, just kidding. That's me. Huh. I mean, I can if I was just... Yeah. I mean, you live in this city, so you can finish off number 11. Well, it's, uh, it's the Ogden City Cemetery. Yep. Um... And it's it's a legend that uh, even my mom uh, has heard about and has done in her youth. Ooh. Fun fact. But it said uh, Florence was sitting, because that's uh, this chick's name. Florence was sitting on a curb waiting for someone when she was hit and killed by a car. 
and if you go to Ogden City Cemetery, and this versus what I know is slightly different. So it says if you uh, blink your headlights three times, um, she will follow you towards mm-hmm. your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, actually, there's a specific statue in Ogden City Cemetery that has like this big angel type woman and that's the one like if you blink your headlights uh, the statue will like move or something will come out of the statue and and follow you okay that's like one of the big things that people do so it's kind of like the uh, like the the urban legend of the the statue that cries in Logan City Cemetery so it's kind of like one of those types of things but this Ogden City Cemetery definitely is closed at a certain time. Like, there's not supposed to be people. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. But, uh, you okay. know, kids. Well, that, that's that's cool to hear that your mother actually tried this as well when she was a kid and heard about this as well. Yes. That is one thing I definitely remember her telling me one time. Okay. Well, that's awesome. All right. Any final thoughts on any of these locations, Rebecca? Nope, not that I can think of. All right, what about you, David? Well, I think we got some list things to look into, so that's yeah, cool. And some of the things, obviously, things we've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably more to these locations and these quick little quips that we just came up with. Yeah. Um, so it'll be uh, if we wanted to to go in depth on on more of these, we definitely can do that. Yeah, most definitely. These these are kind of articles I enjoy reading because it you know gives a gives a kind of like a brief history and everything. And it's the website. I don't know if any of you guys have ever seen this website before. It's only in your state. That's basically what the website is. And they talk about everything. It's not just paranormal. They could talk about the best burger joints in the state of Utah, the best hot dogs in the state of Utah, the best uh, uh, venues in the state of Utah. I mean, they, 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 they do these types of things, and I like reading through the ones particularly tailored for paranormal stuff. But we will uh, definitely include this uh, link in the group page, so that way you guys can check this out as well, because we're... we're practically reading everything off of this one website so you guys can also check it out hey everybody the sponsor of today's episode is anchor the platform that we use at the brb podcast for our podcast anchor is an awesome web-based distribution type platform kind of like spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that allows people to host their podcasts but here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing so anchor provides all that for free you can upload you can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be they give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast and they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor 
for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. Becky. Be- Becky. Wow, I can't talk today. Woo! <laughs> Becky, let's talk about your mother's house. Okay. So let's start off. Let's start from the very beginning. So when you grew up in this house and the experiences that you've been having... Um, and then some of the experiences your mother's been having ever since your father unfortunately passed away unexpectedly. Um, and then then we'll go into uh, the actual investigation and cleansing and everything like that. Okay. Um, so I've lived in the house my entire life, you know, all my whole youth. Um, and there was always, like, you would walk down the stairs and you could kind of, like, you could feel someone behind you. Um, you, like I said earlier, you could set something down and go to look for it later and it would have been moved with nobody else there or awake. Mm. Um, but there was never, never a real negative feeling that I could think of growing up. It wasn't a real common thing. Um, but as after, in the years following my dad's passing away, he passed away December of 2012 Michael Thank you. Um, and in my belief, I believe that no matter what religion you are, I mean, if you have somebody in a household that is like a holds a prominent position in that that religious upbringing, um, I think it kind of, in my experience, can kind of help keep things at bay and kind of keep things calm. Um, but after he passed away and that prominent, you know, figure is gone, um, it just seems like the activity picked up and kind of escalated, got a little bit darker, you know, over the years since his passing. Um, but he, my mom actually has had a lot of stuff go on the last few years, um, we had a rocking horse in the basement that like you could hear it was on the springs and you could hear it just bouncing so hard that it was coming up off the floor with nobody downstairs. Um, she can feel, you know, feel and see shadows come up behind her. Um, she sees wisps of smoke go around her. Um, her bedroom, she had a hard time sleeping in it um, for a long time. She just an off feeling in there. Um, her kitchen, she doesn't like to go in and do dishes after dark um, because it feels like there's someone in there behind her. Um, it's just kind of got more... The, at one time she woke up and she had scratches down her arm. Um, and it, it just it seems to have gotten darker and more menacing Yeah. over the last few years. And it's not just the house, too. There was also activity happening in the uh, barn that's on the property, but it's being used by someone else, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, my my family used to run all of the... used to farm the fields all around the house as well. And so that was the shop that they used to use to, you know, for maintenance and uh-huh. to store equipment. Um, and the people that own that part of it now and run the farms around it... Um, 
they have they've nicknamed him George the the spirit in there um but I know that my son actually went up one night um late at night no one's home he went up to to load a camper shell on the back of the pickup and they could hear stuff it sounded like um wrenches and and metal being thrown and tossed all around the shop with pitch black nobody there Mm -hmm. um so yeah there is there is stuff that goes on in that shop um the ground i'm not sure when the house was built um but i know that it's it's old it was there the first family that lived there had a son that actually he got severely burnt in um an explosion i think there was like some uh ammunition or something that went off and caused an explosion and he got severely burnt um he actually could never fully recovered from it and he ended up taking his own life um not you know a few years after that um the people that lived there after that before my parents moved in they didn't leave on good terms um they my parents actually bought the house from um the guy that owned it and so he had to tell them they had to move the people that were renting it that they had to move and so they, I mean, they dumped, there was dead animal carcasses and there was, you know, empty meat out of freezers. And there was just, I mean, they totally went through and just destructive. Um, I know that it's close to, you know, spots where the pioneers came through. Um, there was lots of Native Americans in the area. There was, we were always finding arrowheads in the fields all around the house. Um, so I think the ground has seen a lot. There's been a lot that's gone on there. And some of the things that happened during that investigation, I do remember that the uh, mel meter was going, or the REM pod was going off, uh, was that in the front living room? Mm-hmm. Yep, and then David's piece of equipment. What was that one? It was the tracker, right? That also went off as well? Um, yeah, it's like the 360 uh, motion tracker. Yep. Uh, that that was going off, and then the music the music box was going off. Yep. Um, I mean we were definitely getting some stuff. Um, I can't remember too much of like ovulus words wise that was going off. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely. I mean we were definitely we're getting stuff. Yeah. And and new stuff was there. But to the effect of uh, something dark affecting me in any way, I definitely didn't get any of that for some reason. Yeah. I do remember your mother's uh, shoe uh, shelf <laughs> decided to jump out at me and scare the shit out of me. <laughs> Jesus. Funny, <laughs> what I remember mostly from that place yeah. was uh, the damn coyotes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was bizarre. Fucking walking Which, out with uh, a kitchen knife. Right. Just eyes everywhere, just watching us. In fact, uh, the other day we were coming home from my parents' house and we watched a fox actually across the road. Didn't mean to derail the conversation, but we actually <laughs> watched a, a fox run across the road. And I was like, huh, Fairview, Idaho. Who would have thought? Yeah. But yeah, that location was was pretty active. I mean, the, the cleansing part of it was pretty in-depth. Um, we got the feeling that the more malicious stuff that was uh, tormenting your mother was coming from the shop area. And then on the other side of the fence was all Native Americans. So I gave them a, a, 
a peace offering and asked for their assistance to protect your mother and they tried their best but we ultimately had to come back for a second time um, we did a little bit more of a cleansing this time because your because the newest report was your mother was uh, getting uh, a bad feeling in that hallway in the kitchen area not so much her bedroom anymore correct correct and so Diana and I went out there and we did uh, a, a different type of cleansing this time. And then I also dropped off some more uh, presents to the Native American spirits as well. And so since we've been out there a few weeks ago, Becky, how's everything been at your mother's house? I think it's been a lot calmer. I haven't heard her complaining about, you know, different things and not being able to sleep. And to me, usually that's means things are better if I don't, if she's not coming to me telling me about them. So sweet. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear. I'm really happy to hear about that. Yeah, the Native American presence on your guys' property is pretty, pretty prominent. But they definitely do not like what's going on in that shop, in that area, and right there. So I don't know exactly what happened to cause that malicious uh, entity or entities to be tied to that particular part of the property. But they definitely did not appreciate them that being there so they were very grateful that we put up a practically a barrier between them and the house and then obviously the natives can can still come up to the house and inside the house that they do so want to you know mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah it was a fun was investigation cleansing it because i actually sealed tried tried to i guess seal it but yeah. it was i remember at one point having to seal it from the outside and I do remember something trying to stop me from sealing it when I was outside that Diana actually had to come and shield my bag. Yeah. But this is also when I was very new to sealing. And her yeah. house has a lot of doors. <laughs> yes. It really does. There was a lot to do at that house, so. Well, growing up, I, Becky, it was like, it was you, your two sisters, and then your mom and dad, right? Yeah, well, and my grandmother, she lived with us for 15 years. Yeah. So back then it was needed to have that size of a house. Yep. So I'm I've gotten a lot better ceiling since then, so mm -hmm. But yeah, that was I remember trying to trying to cleanse and seal in that way was was interesting cuz yeah. there was a lot of doors. Yeah, it was a good it was a good investigation, beautiful property. I mean, you walk out to the front door, you walk out the front door and you just see mountains. Or as far as you can see you don't really see any houses the air is pure and clean out there it's a beautiful location and and ju not just that your mother and Becky is one hell of a cook uh, when we <laughs> investigated there they made us burgers and then they had this one su this one substance there that is so goddamn good the pickles it, the way that it sounds it doesn't sound good but it but it's freaking amazing it's called cinnamon pickles <laughs> and I ain't kidding ya. I was skeptical until I tried them, and I coerced Becky to give me a bottle, and now I have a bottle all to myself in my house. <laughs> They're like candy. Oh yes, very much so. <laughs> They're so good, and that's what I love about canning. Like, especially for some of the older recipes. Like I've never heard of cinnamon pickles before until I met your mother, and plus I've never really heard of uh, uh, of uh, hot. What was it spicy snappy or whatever? Mm, the snappy. snappy Tom. Snappy Tom, which is essentially kind of like uh, V8, right? Yep. Just a little more much robust. better. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
and obviously you have the traditional things that you can like your apples your pears and if you're doing vegetables you know your green beans and everything in fact another thing that i actually really enjoy it sounds weird but it's really good is pickled green beans dilly beans we do those too yep those are really good and i'm very picky like i hate canned green beans with the passion of the christ i think they're (laughs) the most disgusting things in the whole entire world but i love fresh green beans especially if they're steamed and when i got introduced to pickled green beans i was just like in heaven it was just match made in heaven that's all i can really say so now i found two weird things that i thoroughly enjoy pickled green beans and cinnamon pickles and next you get to try pickled asparagus. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> I definitely want to try that. <laughs> but any uh, final thoughts on the investigation and cleansing, David? Um, I don't think so. It All right. Was, uh, it more, I think more definitely was going on than obviously it was one of those things that you can talk about. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it takes more than one night sometimes to fully get a picture of what's going on. Yep. Because uh, it was just we were just dealing with what we were getting uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and just tried our best. And it, it goes back to you know, the same thing can be said about uh, cleansings that sometimes it takes more than our first attempt. To, mm-hmm. to do it, you know, but uh, our record so far is still good that we eventually get the job done. Yep, we definitely do. Which sound, which is good. I don't. Yeah. There's rarely any cases I think where we literally have to wipe our hands and say we can't fix this, and or the problem keeps coming back that you know is out of our control. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I have to say is I think. Uh, Becky and your mother, Betsy, for allowing us to come onto your location and investigate and do a cleansing and having us come back to re-cleanse and make things a little bit stronger. So I'm glad that your mother is, is doing a lot better in regards to that and she's not experiencing these things right now. So that is a huge plus. It makes my heart uh, feel a lot better knowing that she's finally at peace within her own house. Because, you know, even though Tawny does live there, uh, with your, your with your mother, um, which is also Tawny's mother as well. I'm just stating that, you know, even though that she's there, sometimes some of the things don't happen while Tawny's there, but things definitely happen while your mother is just there by herself. So I'm glad that she's doing a lot better in that regard. Thanks, me too. So for the last topic of this episode, we are going to be talking about the Renaissance EM. Now, this is a piece of equipment that David actually possesses, and I'm going to have uh, David talk about what exactly it does, what how it helps on investigations, and if we definitely recommend it. Right. So this is one of those pieces of equipment uh, from Digital Dowsing. Um, so if anyone's familiar with them, it's uh, Bill Chappell's uh, own website uh, that he creates the tech for Ghost Adventures and um, I just found it one day which I've had it for a while now I would say what three years yeah I would say three years at least <clears throat> um, but basically it's got it's like a four in one thing that it does so it's an EM pump firstly yep. um, but then it has three different um settings that you can do um 
One's called uh, EM Siren, EM Wave, and a White Noise Machine Generator. So mm-hmm. the White Noise is obviously going to use it if you're going to use anything like a spirit box or anything that's got that uh, white noise static or even using it for uh, uh, digital recorders. Mm-hmm. Uh, using that function with it and there's a setting that you can turn the sound on or off so you can hear it audibly or yep. not but it'll still be generating it that we just yep. can't hear it um, so that's what the white noise does and then it has an EMF wave so it sends out uh, like a pulse wave, but like in a wave so you'll get fluctuations of pulses and the siren and basically what those two are doing is just essentially changing the atmosphere a bit it's just sending signals out into the atmosphere that we can't really feel or see but it's supposedly supposed to interact with the environment to potentially get more spiritual activity from yep definitely and uh i use it all the time um definitely i mean i know the pump em pump works for what it is and it's quiet you literally can't hear it uh i think that's the best part about it the fact that you don't have to hear it if you don't want to. It's just there. Yep. Uh, whether or not the other functions work like they say they do, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't hurt. You know, I would like mm-hmm. to think it does. It's hard because I haven't... You can't do too much field testing with seeing whether or not it works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, obviously with the pump, you can put up a, a K2 or something to it and be like, oh, yeah, it's generating EMF. Yep. Um. The problem with this right now is uh, it is currently out of stock, and I doubt he's going to ever bring it back. Yeah. So if you can find it, good luck. Um, normal price, it was around 130 bucks when I bought it versus also what it probably is now. But Digital Dowsing is a tricky company to, to do anything with because they're so sporadic on when they choose to do anything and mm. then... They just if they decide they don't want to do it no more, it's gone. Yeah. And unless he built it for you, they don't really mass produce them. So there's not a lot out there. Yeah. And uh, to go with that, so if you were just to get the piece of equipment with no case, it's one twenty nine ninety five if it was in stock. And then I did take a look because I know David, you did buy yours with the weatherproofing case, and technically that's one hundred fifty four dollars and ninety five cents out of stock obviously so if you can get it in stock i would definitely uh grab it if you can right so yeah i i like it i think it works for what you know for what it is Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's one of those that's gonna it's gonna be hard for you to get so i mean if you can get it cool i think it works but if not i wouldn't sweat it i wouldn't say you need to you need it in your arsenal yeah i i just find it pretty handy i personally think it works well especially when we're doing uh, evp sessions or anything like that i i really do think it works and then if we need an extra em pump we can use it for that as well it doesn't put up that much emf but it's enough to make a difference yeah i I, I mean it's better than nothing agreed very much agreed and let's see here you know what I'm looking at right now? Huh. Uh, his new thing, his energy puck that he's got going on. Yeah, I saw that on the website when I was looking for the information on that renaissance. It's reasonably priced, honestly. Well, that's not bad at all, then. Like 170 
Yeah, that's not bad compared to some of his other equipment that he charges an arm and a leg and a half a nut for. True. So, but we definitely, I personally, I like it. I, I haven't really had much time with it. I've played with it a time or two here and there. But outside of that, I mean, it's, to, for me, if, it, if, if he likes it and if it works great for him, then I definitely would recommend it because personally during investigations and during uh, EVP sessions or anything like that, it's definitely made a difference and I think it definitely helped. But yeah, that's that's basically it on that. It, it's a cool device. So, I mean, I, yeah. I like it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys can actually get it, that would be great if you can find it. I'm sure they're probably on uh, eBay or anything like that or some of these uh, groups on Facebook that sell paranormal equipment, so I would definitely look out for that. But like David said, Bill Chappell tends to, he'll build something, he'll mass produce it for a while, and then it'll just disappear, and then he'll never touch it again. But I definitely recommend it. Now, Becky, what has been your experience with this piece of equipment with on the investigations that we've been on while using it? Well, I feel like it's been helpful. I Like I said, I'm not the the big I'm not the techie like you and David are but I I do recall certain investigations he's used it on that I I think we it helped us yeah most definitely now there's this new piece of equipment that we're eventually going to talk about mm-hmm. I just want to bring it up because I've seen it floating around lately it's a new mm. gear from GoStop mm. I don't know if you've seen it but it's the foot str- footstep tracker geophone oh yeah wasn't that the one that Paul posted up uh, a few days ago? Yes. Yeah, that one. I am very curious on it. You and me both. Even, you know, because, I mean, they already have a footstep tracker, you know. Yeah. So what makes this that much different? Because it lights up different? It looks slightly different? I don't know. So, Could be. I'm interested in it. I mean, it's kind of on the expensive side right now. Obviously, no one's bought it and left a review yet. Yeah. But, like, it's normally, like, almost $200. Hmm. It's on sale right now for $179. Okay. So, can't quite 21 bucks out, off. That's not bad. Figure out, like, the big functionality that makes it worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So, I'll have to play with looking at it real quick and... Um, see some videos and specs on it and we'll come back to it. Okay. Alright, any final thoughts on the equipment, David? No. And any final questions you would like to ask our guest? Um... Hmm... I don't think so. Alright, well... Let me just start off and say thank you so much, Becky, for coming on to uh, both of our episodes, episode 10 and episode 11. We initially had her scheduled just for episode 11, but we figured it'd be good to have her on episode 10 as well. So we did a two-for-one combo. So we definitely thank you, Becky, for coming out on your relaxing Sunday and recording with us. We definitely appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been fun. 
And if you ever want to follow her on Facebook or if you want to follow how we're doing on the group, just follow us on Bear River Paranormal. If you want to follow Becky, uh, she periodically posts on there as well. But we definitely thank you guys for tuning in to us and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your day.